It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. First and goal, pass open, touchdown. Kelsey, Chiefs are back in it. Obviously now second and six, Williams makes a cut. And will roll into the end zone for the touchdown. No flags. The game is over, and the Chiefs' kingdom has firmly planted its flag on top of football's highest summit. The Kansas City Chiefs are champions of Super Bowl 54. Final score, Kansas City 31, San Francisco 20. And Chiefs' kingdom, get ready to welcome your champions. When did when did Chiefs Kingdom become a thing? Has that been a thing for like fifty Probably years? Probably the same time as, as the Skull Chant did, which was made up four years ago now. Like the Skull Chant, Skull Vikings has been around forever. The song Skull Vikings is, has been is around like, since 1961. Yeah, but the whole Skull Skull that chant was made up when they moved into to US Bank Stadium. Oh, was it ripped it? off from an, from a soccer team? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is it Iceland? Made yeah, up, Iceland made up. Completely. So that's probably when. But is but is Chiefs Kingdom? Has Chiefs Kingdom been a thing? Was it a thing fifty years ago? I have no recollection of it. Okay. Never stuff from soccer teams. Oh yeah, yeah. We're pretty forward thinking. Bad luck. Yep. The story was well documented that they basically moved into the stadium and came up with this whole idea for a chance. They had one of the players come over and teach. The fans, how to do it, I think. Oh, and wow. J- Judd and I actually did a whole hour one time on wouldn't it be creepy if blank, like if the, the skull chant is already, you know, it's very, it's a little creepy. Right. Not lie. It's, I think it, it psychs out opposing teams when you get in there and there's like 70,000 people just like in a trance. Oh, yeah, it's chant. weird. It's definitely weird. And we said, wouldn't it be creepier if they were all dressed like clowns? Oh, that's right. That'd be super creepy. Or if there were yeah. flames on the like big if screen. You, if you really want to freak people out, just do that. Just dress up as a clown. Or just get like 70,000 people doing what Shakira did last night at the halftime. <laughs> How'd she do that? How did she do that? Like that, that is, I tried at home. What? Can that, you try now? That thing? Wait, are we talking about, which just thing are we play. talking about? The judge well, tried play. at home. Ah, uh, hold on, I gotta play, play it again. Because there was a couple things that they well, did that no. I, I do not want to envision judge trying <laughs> no, no, at home. No, 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 nothing. Yeah, yeah don't do one. any of that. <laughs> yeah. How do you do that? <laughs> try it. Well, first of all, I'm, I'm still battling my cold, so Wait, my throat might have, give don't out. Don't you have Middle Eastern background, don't you? Yeah, but none, none, of, your aunts, your... none of your aunts ever did that? Because I grew up around this constantly. I knew exactly okay. what that was when she did it. But I can't. But what I'm saying is I can't come close to doing it, and, and, and I don't 
mean this in a sexual way at all. How do you get your tongue to do that? <laughs> Let that sit there for a second. Judd has a way of making things ten times creepier than they need to be. That's why I prefaced it with saying I don't mean this in a sexual way at all. For all of you parents in your cars right now thinking, oh my God, I just got young Jack to stop talking about that halftime show, and now Mr. Zuglad has used the word sexual. What's going on with my week? You can't do that? By the way, it's called a Zagruta. It's a Zagruta. Can you do it? There's a name for it. Yeah. No, I don't have the dexterity. That's good. Jonathan, can you do it? No, I can't. Really? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Rami actually had some... That's not bad. Yeah, dude. I grew up around this constantly. I hate it. I hate it. It's the most (laughs) annoying thing about my people. I'm not even going to lie. Like, every wedding, every party, this thing, and like, you know... This isn't unique to my culture, but you know the tapping the glass thing at a wedding? Everybody will tap their sure, glass, yeah. and the bride that, yeah. and groom will have to kiss. Really annoying. Those two things annoyed the crap. It's why none of my family will be invited if I ever get married, because it's just going to be tapping glasses and... That's like the whole night. That's why you've been holding out. There's 20, 20 years of adult life. Just so, I don't want that to happen at the wedding. I was impressed by it, man. So, and we're gonna we'll do a deep dive That's into what you were impressed by the halftime show and into the commercials. But to start the show off here today, we just the, provided Jonathan with so many drops in the first. We really seven. did. We really did. I couldn't keep up. We really I'm just gonna did. have to go back and listen again. Just this run run the whole thing back. I'll yeah. have to start tomorrow's show next hour. Now that you've seen a team in Kansas City that has been now they they at least have a Super Bowl in their in their history but it's been 50 years since they went to the Super Bowl and 50 years since they won it and they finally checked that box last night. How confident are you guys that our Minnesota Vikings here can check those same two boxes in the next decade? Let's let's put a 10-year window on it. I can't I I have a hard time putting a number on it beyond the Mike Zimmer era. But as far as the Mike Zimmer era and this this current core of players, I mean, I give them a five percent chance at best to win a Super Bowl in the next. And I'll so we'll put that in the five year window between now and the next five years. I give them a five percent chance to win a Super Bowl, if not lower than that, because five percent over a five year window. I mean, I might give them five percent for next season, and it probably goes down season by season after that. But Beyond that, man, I, I I really I don't know when I, I don't I don't think it's I don't think it makes sense to speculate, but this current window is just about closed. When when you're built the way that the Vikings are, and that's that's the thing that 49ers fans should be concerned about. Not necessarily Jimmy G, but the fact that you might have had one of two or three real shots at this thing this year, the way that you're built. The window opens and closes real quick when you're built on running the ball. And and playing good defense, you need Jimmy Garoppolo to be better and grow into that contract. And I'm not here to to to, to beat up on Jimmy Garoppolo today. I think there's definitely a chance he could do that. He has one year under his belt as a starter, one full season as a starter. He won 13 games and took his team to the Super Bowl. He didn't carry him there, but he was the quarterback of a team that won 13 games and went to a Super Bowl. But that defense will decline over the coming years. That's just what happens with defenses. Guys get older, guys leave in free agency, and I think the Vikings, built in a similar fashion, maybe not to that level, but built in a similar fashion, they had their crack in 2017 and had another kind of crack at it this year coming up short of the NFC Championship game. I don't think your chances get better from here. 
So I'd put it at 5% next year and going down moving forward. Depending how you build after that, that will affect what I think your chances are moving forward after beyond beyond the next five years. Did you say ten years, Phil? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to take it up to I'm going to say fifteen percent, and here's why: you're going to have another window or a year because this team has those years where they win thirteen games or something. They're going to get a first round bye, which is huge. The question then becomes: do they get home field, which is also huge? And if they ever do, and, and of course they did back in '98 and didn't work. But if they did get home field, that would be a difference maker. And then here's my question. When Spielman and Zimmer are gone, or at what point in time do you get the transition to the acknowledgement of the most important question I think everybody should have after yesterday? And it's not, can you find Patrick Mahomes? Because it's going to be very hard there, all right? Yeah, it's it's possible he's the greatest quarterback of all time. So let's not say, are you going to find him exactly? But are you going to transition to where this game is going, which is towards... Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson. I can run through a litany of quarterbacks who play a style of where this game, I think, is firmly trending, and I don't think it's a fluke, and I don't think it's coming back. So I give you those odds based on the fact I think at some point in time the Vikings have to acknowledge that and say yes to that. In my opinion, the sooner the better. But that's why that's where and why I think it's going to change is eventually you've got to try to find that quarterback. I think they're playing it too safe. And I think I think you just saw in the last month with Kansas City alone, but also with other teams, but Kansas City proved to you that the risk is not in getting rid of your average or slightly above average quarterback. The risk is in not doing that. Do you guys think the Kansas City Chiefs would have been hoisting a Super Bowl trophy if Alex Smith was still their quarterback? No. A healthy Alex Smith. No. I know he blew his leg up in Washington. I, I, no, I, don't. I think there's I don't think they get to the Super Bowl. Do you Rami? No. Their defense, their defense wouldn't have been good enough. They they probably get beat. Well, they don't come back from either of those deficits, so they probably get beat in the in their first playoff game, right? Mm-hmm. But three years ago, Kansas City sat there, and I would love to have been a fly on the wall in those conversations in the in the front office. Andy Reid, they sat there three years ago, coming off five straight winning seasons, eleven and five, nine and seven, ten and six, eleven and five, eleven and five. They had they had. Five straight seasons in which they were very, very good. If not one of the best teams in the NFL a couple different times. Actually, it's funny you said that you wish you could be in that room with Andy Reid and the GM when deciding to pick Patrick Mahomes because the Chicago Sun-Times today had that very thing. They had first-hand account of the conversations between the GM, Veach, and Andy Reid. Wow. Veach said, he's the greatest player I've ever seen. Andy Reid said, that's a bold statement. I've seen a few guys. Wait, he said that before they drafted him? Before they drafted him. This is when he was telling Andy Reid to take a look at this Patrick Mahomes kid. Andy Reid said, that's a bold statement. I've seen a few guys. Veach said, watch his tape. Reid grunts. Veach, come on. Reid watches the tape. Veach then says, eh? And Reid said, this is like the greatest player I've ever seen. Wow. That was a conversation between the two. Yeah. And think about how... And and even even thinking that on tape, I'm I'm guessing there was still some uncertainty and some doubt, right? It's it's never 100% when you're drafting a quarterback or any player. But they said we're not comfortable just being safe. We're not comfortable just having a slightly above average quarterback and a team that gets to the playoffs. They said bleep it. It's been 50 years or at the time 47 years since we won a Super Bowl. Let's go get it. Let's be aggressive. Let's make moves. Let's let's trade up 17 spots and go get that guy that changes your franchise. Yep. And all due respect to the way Kirk played, 
against New Orleans. He deserves full credit for everything he did in overtime, and those two throws were magnificent. Full credit, congratulations. But he just isn't good enough to overcome all the different things that you have to overcome on a path to the Super Bowl. And he makes too much money and prevents you from filling some of the other spots on your roster. Like, I am more clear after yesterday than ever that you have to do something drastic in the next year or two and go out and get a franchise changer, or at least try. And if you whiff, that's okay. Try again. But the smartest thing that the Chiefs did, too, and the Vikings are in the exact same circumstance, was what? They had Alex Smith. So they basically they basically could play both sides of the fence for one year. You don't have to play Mahomes. He never had to play. It's genius. It's what teams should do, which is why Tua intrigues me so much. Because, again, if the medicals come back okay, you've got a year of Kirk Cousins, which is fine. You you might make the playoffs. You're not going to bottom out. You're not going to be mm-hmm. terrible. And I know it's going to cost you a lot, all right? So I know that you're going to have to make a significant trade with assets going to somebody else to get that pick. But if you get that pick, and this kid is medically cleared, and he can sit in 2020 and learn. And look, it's Kirk. He's going to do, it's not going to be a problem, okay? He might not, he might pout a little bit. I don't care. But the situation sets up so perfectly because I do think the worst thing that you can do to, to, and this is not to say Mahomes would have failed. I don't believe that. But when you draft a kid like that and just say, you're playing, Lamar Jackson sat for most of one year because that position's so daunting and there's so much. So the Vikings actually, in 2020, in my opinion, find themselves in the ideal position to hang back. Cousins is going to start, and you've got the luxury now of grooming that quarterback. My que- I have two questions. If you're going to do what Phil is talking about, I have two questions. One, do you trust the brain trust that currently exists within the Vikings to find that guy? And two, you say if you miss, you're okay with that? Take another swing at it and keep swinging until you miss again? How many swings, if you if the answer to question one is yes, how many swings do you give that brain trust So I'm actually before like, you give somebody else that chance? I'm not as down on Rick Spielman as maybe Judd is or other people, because Rick Spielman has done a great job Spielman, finding non-quarterback gems. Rick Spielman does a real good job of building a deep and talented roster. Mm-hmm. And as Collar points out often, they haven't done a terrible job with quarterbacks. You had Teddy Bridgewater... You had one really good year from Case Keenum. Sam Bradford had had his best year here. It's true. But those are a bunch of Kirk Cousins. I talk about quarterbacks. When, when we talk about Kirk Cousins, I talk about them in this sense. I think I've said this on this show before. At any given time in the NFL, you have five quarterbacks who are franchise quarterbacks, and they're going to reach some level of success no matter what is going on around them. That's the top five. That's the upper crust. Then you got five guys who are terrible. They'll never reach any level of success. And it's just a matter of time until the organization realizes that. No matter what you put around them, they're just not good. Everybody else, the other 20 or so quarterbacks in the middle, are Kirk Cousins. Varying degrees, different shades of Kirk Cousins, but guys who are only as good as what you put around them. The the Vikings have found a bunch of Kirk Cousins. Those guys I just named off all fit into that middle category that I described. Guys who are as good as what's around them. You're talking about getting a guy in the top five. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you trust Rick Spielman to find a guy in the top five? Because he hasn't. It's not It's not Rick. That's the key here. The question is this, and I think my answer is yes. Do you trust Gary Kubiak? Because Gary Kubiak... To, to develop? To de- No, to, to identify, say that's the guy, and then develop him. Well, let's, well let's, let's even go further down the path. The obvious one here is trade up for Tua. Yes. It doesn't take a, a brain surgeon to figure out that that dude has a chance to be amazing if he's healthy. 
So it's not. It, do I trust Rick Spielman to identify that Tua is potentially going to be an amazing quarterback, and you should look to acquire him by trading up twenty spots? Yes, I trust him to to know that. Now, do I trust if let's say uh, Jalen Hurts, uh, Jordan Love, and maybe there's another dude sitting out there, kind of that late first round or mid first round yeah. to second round. Yep. Let's say there's three dudes in that category, and one of them is bound to be a breakout superstar quarterback, a top six or top seven guy. That's where you get crap shooty. And I don't know. I don't. I don't know if anyone's great at that. Did the Chiefs? The Chiefs clearly thought that Pat Mahomes was going to be amazing, but but how? What percent sure were they? There's there's an element of gamble and an element of luck in all of this. And but that's where Tua. The the question to me about Tua is: Do you have? The intestinal fortitude to pull the trigger on that trade because it's going to take a lot of guts. But it's not risky. But no, but that's my point. I'm all for it, Phil. But my point is do you have, are you the team that says, bleep it? This has to be our guy. This is going to be our, our guy. He's been cleared. He's medically going to be fine. He's gotten hurt, but a lot of quarterbacks get hurt. But do you, and, and then, but the guy that I trust to Rami's point to be the quarterback whisperer here and to raise him is much more Kubiak than anybody else. So I'm not, because because if the ultimate question is, do I, do I want Zim to raise the quarterback? My answer is no. Personally, I don't. But if I have a guy who basically is head coach offense and, and who has a long line of working with quarterbacks and played that position and was successful uh, as, as far as coaching that position, I do trust Gary Kubiak to take that kid under his wing for a year or two and start that development process, which which to go back, the amazing thing here is we're having a conversation about filling one of the most, if not the most important position in sports for a franchise who has not had that guy since Fran Tarkington. Yeah, and they've had little tastes of it, right? Dante Absolutely. for like two years was, yes. was that guy. Yes. And and then Dante's play fell off a cliff in 05, even before his knee blew up. Mm-hmm. Teddy Bridgewater looked like he had a little bit of a third down, fourth quarter, it factor, accuracy, etc. And I just think people are so obsessed with, oh, the risk, like all the draft picks you'd have to trade, or well, what if it's a whiff? Okay, well, what if you sit on a slightly above average quarterback that eats up like... 20% of your salary cap. So so back to what Rami was saying, that there's there's five guys at the top of the pecking order that are legitimate, raise-up-everybody-else type quarterbacks. And Pat Mahomes currently sits at the top of that food chain. Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, those guys are probably in that mix. See, I'm not even saying find the next Pat Mahomes, because he's in a class, right now he's in a class by himself, as far as NFL quarterbacks go. But can you find a guy who fits the description of the top five that I described? Yeah. And, and, and I think here's my, here's my, I think you're looking for me to say, do I trust Rick Spielman to find one of those five guys? Honestly, there's a crapshoot nature to it. I trust him. Do I trust him more than I trust Andy Reid? No, I don't. But how many, cause you said if you swing and miss, fine, swing again. How many swings does Rick Spielman get at it? Cause he's already had a bunch and he's done good, but not great. Right. I, I trust him to take another swing this upcoming draft or the next one. But the, the most important point. So you're talking about, there's five guys that you know are franchise changing dudes who can raise, who can make an offensive line better by moving away from pressure, et cetera, right? And then there's five guys that you know are garbage, like the Blake Bortles. And the 20 guys in the middle are all Kirk Cousins. And I, to varying degrees, and I agree with that. And the mistake teams make year after year after year, and the Vikings have a chance to either make this mistake or not, is teams get attached to those other 20 quarterbacks and they give them big time money. 
and that's that's the crippling blow to your franchise. Don't be afraid to move off of a non top five quarterback to try again. Well, what my God, what if you draft Christian Ponder? They went to the playoffs with Christian. Like the worst case scenario that people are envisioning in their minds is not as bad as they think it is. Don't be afraid to move off a non top five quarterback. And teams make that mistake all the time in the NFL. And I'm just I'm just begging the Vikings to not fall into that trap. And Tua looks like the real thing here. If Tua is healthy, what he did in college is very impressive. And and I could tell you right now that one ingredient that those five QBs have, and this should not be that tough, is they are mentally wired correctly. Pat Mahomes looked at that deficit yesterday and laughed in the 49ers' face. In that defense's face. Who the hell does that? And that's the most rattled he's and, ever looked, too. And he's, right, but, but, but that's a wiring thing. That's an intangible. That's, that is uh, beyond, before you get on the field, what is your disposition? Jimmy Garoppolo, the first thing went wrong, and he looked like Cousins. He was running to the iPad. What the heck happened there? Huh? Pat Mahomes like, whatever. It's cool. Yes. And, and that's what I'm looking for. And I actually think, although I don't know that he is physically a great QB, he's good, I actually think that that was the intangible they found in Teddy. Teddy was wired correctly. Like everything about he was smart and everything about how he processed the game itself was how you want it. Our phone lines are, are blowing up here. So do you agree or disagree with the premise that the Vikings can win a Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins? Or should the Vikings look to move off Kirk Cousins? The comparison we're making here is the Kansas City Chiefs moved off five really good years of Alex Smith and they rolled the dice, and now they're Super Bowl champions. 651-646-8255. Mackie and Judd with Rami here from the TCL Studios. Jack, you're on the show. Hey, um, I've been a long-time listener. I met you, actually, at college game day. I was the one wearing the Bemidji State shirt. Uh, right on, man. Funny, yeah, funny story about that, actually, is um, I teach elementary school. And I don't know if you know on that sign, but two of the words are spelled wrong. And my whole job is teaching spelling, so I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> I figured that after. But um, I was in Kansas City all of yesterday. Um, the Chiefs have been my AFC team, um, and one of my best friends is from the KC market. So then I spur the moment trip, left Friday, drove nine hours, got back up for still about four hours left of the drive today. Um, but the whole time I was sitting there, all I could think about was, God, I just can never picture the Vikings ever doing this. I've been a Vikings fan my whole life, but it's just – the excitement in the streets and everything for not going to Super Bowl for 50 years. And when just my dad's a lifelong Vikings fan, that's something I want just once in my life was that excitement I had last night. But yeah, that's just what I want to say is just, I just, in my wildest dreams, can't picture what I saw last night but with the Vikings. Yeah, Jack, thank you. That's, that's a great phone call. And I think a lot of Vikings fans are trying to envision it, right? You're, I mean, Rami grew up a Cubs fan. You know oh, what? Yeah. At some point, I feel your pain. If the Cubs can do it, the Vikings will do it at some point, we think. Anything is possible, as Kevin Garnett said. But in my lifetime, that's my question now. I'm 50. When was your last physical? Actually, I've I got didn't one. know how long Jen's life is. I've got been. one. Okay. Late how, this how month. How often do you guys get physicals? Because I'm like nine years late. I can't stand I, I, it. I try to go annually, but then, you? Good for you. then I'm always like, ah, oh, I'll just lose like 10 more pounds and then get the physical. And so I, put, <laughs> I think I'm four years out from my... My last one, but the age of 50 is a magic number in a bad way. So. Yeah, oh, I know. Yeah, so, I know. yeah, they like to put fingers in places. I'm going to get one late this month. <laughs> yeah. We'll see how we're doing by then. 651 646 8255. Randy and Cottage Grove, you're on the show. Hey. Yeah. Oh, hello. Hey, uh, Randy. So, 
Uh, first off, uh, you, you uh, someone was saying uh, just a minute ago, if if can can we win a Super Bowl with with Kirk Cousins? You bet your ass. You like that? You like that? He's solid. I mean, he, he can make all the throws. He's got it all. All of it is in the bag with him. I'd, I'd like him to be a little more, uh, a little more fleet-footed in the pocket. You know, kind of kind of roll him out a little more. But that was a Stefanski problem. He's gone now. So, mm-hmm. well, you're going to see a lot of play action with with Cousins. Mm-hmm. Kubiak Kubiak knows how to do do that play action, and then you just watch. You know, you'll be laughing about a year from now, and when when you 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 think back on the time you wanted to cut bait with a guy who, by the way has a full no trade, okay? He ain't going nowhere. So, Kirk, you're, you're all right with us. Uh, I'm, I'm, you like that? You like that? I'm just excited um, about uh, you know, sort of uh, now that the NFL has ended, we got a, a whole whole new season to uh, to look to look forward to coming up here. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's baseball Pitchers season, and catchers, right? yeah. man. It's almost that time. You can hear what the crack that? of the bat already, can't you, Andy? But no, I said that's not for a while. I'm talking about the XFL. It oh. starts uh, it starts Saturday, and I'm I'm real excited. I was thinking, you know, before we go into sort of a little XFL preview here, I could Wait. I could wrap up the NFL with a quick stud stable for the Chiefs. So, or I could, you know, we could. Did you say? Hold on, Randy. Did you say you have an XFL preview for us? Yeah, the yeah. Aren't you excited? Not, it's going to be fantastic. No, not, not really. Well, dude, that that this this is a huge, big thing Randy. It's going to be Saturday. it's going to be bad football. Is what's no, starting hell, on Saturday. Hell, There's going to be bad no, football. You tell those guys who who uh, who are out there that it's going to be bad football. They're putting their life on the line. They're they're they're, they're some of them relocating their families. You know, I got a buddy in St. Louis. They are they are absolutely jacked for the XFL in St. Louis. You think they're not? This this is such a such an opportunity for a lot of players. That's, those are this is these are guys as hungry as they come. Okay, these are guys who 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 have been grinding, who have been trying. Randy, who is crapping. who is in this league? There's nobody in this league who anybody wants to watch play football. I will I will absolutely give you a stud stable. You have an XFL, XFL stud stable. Yeah, it, once I see a game, once there's tape to watch. Here, here's the, the, the thing. I'd like that actually, Saul. So. Dude, I'm with I'm with Randy here. I'm totally too, man. team Randy here. Sorry. R- Rami's being way ridiculous. too down on the XFL. Yep. You guys are ridiculous. And yep. The XFL All of you are listen, ridiculous. no one is saying the XFL is gonna be of NFL caliber, but it scratches a damn itch. I am. I'm saying it. No, it, 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 a lot of these guys could play in the league. They just haven't gotten the opportunity. You ask them, okay? Why don't you do you why don't you guys do a little producing and get your show a guest? Who plays in the XFL? Who coaches in the XFL? You tell him to his face he can't play in the NFL. Uh, you know, BS. Those guys are out there busting it. Okay, they're 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 going for it. These are guys that those of us who mock, we see, we've seen the tape on a lot of these guys, and you just you see their names pop up, and you go, these you know they're going to get an opportunity. You know, there will be XFL guys who play in the NFL next fall. Okay, and 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 it, it won't be because people like. Like like uh, Romney gave them a chance. Apparently not. You know, are you going to talk about baseball on on February first or whatever this? Hell is? yeah! This is not fired baseball. up for baseball, it and is, it's February third, it Randy. It's February third. It XFL, XFL is on tap. We're Jack, and and, and we're going to watch it. I'm going to watch it at bars. It's a couple extra months of football. We're going to get shots like we always do, and we're going to get snug about. Do they that do? Sport, do they do touchdown shots for the XFL? Baseball. 
Do they when do... I watch in baseball in, in February, and you don't get a, a stable, no stud stable about the Super Bowl. You like that? Just hang up. You like that? Wait, wait, is he that angry at me? XFL? Wait, wait. I mean, you were being pretty disrespectful. For, yeah, first of all, Rami, football. I have a bone to pick with you right now. We were going to get XFL stud stable, and I'm going to be watching on Saturday, and you just cost us that. No, he's, he's, not, he's, he's not doing his Super Bowl stud stable. That's, Either way, that's, we're missing that's out what on Yeah, we, we're going to get a stud yeah. stable. You owe us a stud stable. I have to do the stud stable? You just cost us a stud stable. After the, You want you know a stud what? stable after the break? We were this right we were this close to a sponsorship for that segment, and you just caused yeah, it. You right. just flushed it down the toilet. Yep. Give me some music. Yep, let's go. This is Rami Makloff's makeup <laughs> replacement stud stable. And by the way, just quickly, copyright infringement of a huge nature. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll start with the running backs. Damian Williams, seventeen carries, hundred four yards. Also, through the air, four receptions, 29 yards, a touchdown on the ground and through the air. Damian Williams, stud. Tyreek Hill, nine receptions, 105 yards through the air. Can you say stud? Patrick Mahomes, 26 for 42. It's not can you say stud. Yeah, you need to pause no, stud. and then say stud. You're doing it wrong. This is like some crappy band covering the Beatles and this changing is the, the song. version of yeah. Stud Stables <laughs> look, right now. Look, this is Randy's thing. I'm not. Randy's very good at the Stud Stable. I didn't. I mean wish to, Randy would call back. I didn't mean to offend He'd Randy. Apologize. We're, no, I'm not Rami, apologizing. I think you should apologize. I don't apologize. Get the stud stable. I don't apologize. I, should, I enjoy the Stud Stable. I don't stable. apologize I for having an opinion on the XFL. I'm allowed to have an opinion, and I won't let Randy change it. You guys asked for a stud stable. I did Listen, the best I could. It was just a really, no, it was a really selfish. I'm no movie. Randy and Cottage Grove. All okay, right, we are a team here. This is Mackie and Judd with Rami. Uh-huh. It's not Rami, Rami with Rami. And <laughs> yeah, I don't like the, the XFL, things, okay? so I'm going to mock the callers. Yeah, okay. It's ridiculous. Let's talk about federated for a second here. Rami and Turn Rami with Rami has a ring to it. <laughs> you know, federated. Federated was once again named a top 150 workplace by the Star Tribune. Yeah, I hope there's someone in there. Stage fright. Yeah. Wait for me. That's right. Rami has stage fright. Jeff, can you just follow him? <laughs> he gets really mad. You know, Federated raises a ton of money for great causes. In fact, uh, Federated, over the course of the last few years, Federated has raised over $35 million over the past 15 years for big brothers and big sisters in Minnesota. And every time the Gophers' defense during the Gopher football season forces a turnover, they donate $1,000 to Big Brothers Big Sisters. Not only is Federated very much ingrained in the local sports scene, they are also here to help give business owners the peace of mind that you all deserve, all the energy you pour in to the company that you built. Find out more about the industries Federated protects and to find out more about your Federated representative at federatedinsurance.com. Federated their business to protect yours. Jonathan here with the Score North download brought to you by Team Mackie for the Big Climb Minneapolis. Mackie and Judd with Rami underway here. We'll get you back to that in just a moment. But over the weekend, we learned that former Vikings guard Steve Hutchinson will enter the Hall of Fame in August. The seven-time Pro Bowler and five-time All-Pro is the 13th player to have spent a large portion 
of their career with the Vikings to be inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Joining Hutchinson in this year's class of inductees is Steve Atwater, Isaac Bruce, Edron James, and Troy Palomalu. Join Team Mackey on February 15th for this year's Big Climb Minneapolis to raise money to fight blood cancer, benefiting the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Donate to our team or join Team Mackey. For just $20, when you use the promo code Mackey, go to scorenorth.com slash bigclimb now. That's been your Score North download. Now back to Mackey and Judd with Rami. Thank you, Jonathan. And Team Mackey has raised over $2,400 so far with two weeks to go until the Big Climb. So Jonathan just read out the details. If you want to help us raise money to fight off blood cancers, it's near and dear to my heart. MackieLLS.com is the website. MackieLLS.com. You can also join us. You can join our team and you can climb those steps with us. You got a couple weeks to sign up. MackieLLS.com. 651-646-8255. We're sitting here. We're trying to envision what would it be like if the Vikings did what the Chiefs did yesterday and what needs to happen for, for that imagery to become a reality. Let's go real quick here to the phone lines again. John, you're on the show. What's up, buddy? Fellas, how you doing today? Good man. What are Good. your thoughts? What are your thoughts on this on this trade up for Tua discussion? So I yeah, I think that if we're having that thought, there's got to be other teams that have that thought. And at what point does it become too too rich for us to be able to move all the way up from what are we twenty twenty five next year? Yes. Uh, or in this draft, so like that that would be where I say, is it worth it to give up the extra amount? And I have two other plans. One, you look at Lamar Jackson, and is there a guy that maybe could we play the waiting game if Kubiak is the quarterback whisperer, and then, again, go for the the home run swing next year if the waiting game doesn't pay off. And then the the last point is, and Collar will appreciate this if he ever listens back, do we offer a bridge deal, no pun intended, to Teddy and say, hey, we made a mistake, we want you back, Uh, we'll give you $2 million to be the backup this year, and $20 million guaranteed in 2021, would you go for that deal on a two-year deal to bring back Teddy and see if there's anything left there and try to get him, entice him back into the purple and gold? John, thank you. What would you guys, let, let's, let's say we, we moved past the unbelievable level of awkwardness if you were to sign Teddy Bridgewater to a, hey, we'll give you $2 million to be Kirk's backup, and then we'll give you a huge boost in year two, and Kirk knows what that means. I feel like, I feel like it would have to be almost less than that because if you're just going to be one of the other 20 guys in the NFL, I'm not convinced that Teddy is a top five guy. That's what I was just going to say. Let's say Teddy Bridgewater would do that. I don't think he would, but let's say he would do that. Are you really upgrading? Are you getting one of those five guys that I'm talking about? I think you're upgrading from Kirk if you get the the, the best, healthiest version of Teddy. But are you getting a top five truly water-level-raising guy, and is the difference between the 30 you'd have to pay Kirk and the 20? These are all just hypotheticals, and Teddy's probably going to get more than 20 anyways. Yep. You know? you know, I, To me, it's all about, if you're not going to have one of those top five guys, how can you maximize the rest of the roster and keep your non-top five quarterback salary as low as possible? That's where I'm at with this. It's very simple. Which is why drafting a quarterback that you find is absolutely the best way to go, because it's five years, again, of rent-control quarterback. It's the greatest thing ever. Mm-hmm. It's it's four years of basically a, a quarterback who, if he succeeds, is great for dirt cheap. The Teddy thing, I, I think, it's a complete non-starter because somebody's going to pay him a lot. Right. Somebody's going in year one. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Because he's good, and so and heck, it might be the Saints. 
But, yeah, I don't think there's any way that Teddy, after basically being let go from here, comes back. is like, sure, I'll take a bridge deal. There's no way he's going to yeah. do that. So, Judd, you brought up, I can't remember how you characterized it in the last segment, but you brought up the things that you need to be as a franchise quarterback in 2020. Call it the, the, the checklist of attributes or whatever. And I came up with four. There's there's probably 10 or 20 you can, but these are, the to me, the four most important things on the quarterback checklist, the franchise quarterback checklist in 2020. And I think it's a different checklist now than it was 10 years ago even. You tell me if you guys agree or disagree with these four things, all right? Accuracy. I think you have to be accurate to, to some extent. Do I think you have to be Drew Brees surgical and 73% completions? No, but I think you got to be able to throw a football into a tight window and, and drop a drop a ball into a bucket 40 yards down the field sometimes. So accuracy is number one. Mm-hmm. Ability to elevate your play and your team in key moments or clutch moments. Mm-hmm. So can you can you raise your level of play or or at least maintain it and play at your best in the fourth quarter, on third down, when you're trailing in the second half? So that's checklist out of number two. Number three... Can you make something out of nothing? If the defense is closing in and Nick Bosa is about to you know, re- remove your torso from your lower body, can you get away? Are you mobile, basically? Can you make something out of nothing? Can you flush from the pocket? Can you, can you bail your offensive line out once in a while? And then the fourth thing is, is leadership. Does your team look toward you for answers, for guidance to, to lead? Are you a leader? So accuracy, leadership, elevate your play and your team in key moments, and make something out of nothing. I mean, Pat Mahomes checks all those boxes. Russell Wilson checks all those boxes. Andrew Luck checked all those boxes. Yep. A, do you agree with those boxes? And B, how many does Kirk Cousins check for you guys? <laughs> oh, boy, that's loaded. Like, would you add or subtract anything from That's them? loaded. Uh, he does not lead. He would like to, but he just doesn't have that intangible about him. Uh, he can he can throw on the move really well when it's scripted, but when it's not and it's impromptu, he can't. Yeah. Uh, I'd say he fails at least fifty percent, if not seventy five percent of of those four. He's, I, a, he's accurate. You can, you can. Yeah, I mean, he's not well. He's accurate. Here's the problem: he's accurate, but he's afraid. So he's afraid to be accurate at times where he has to make throws that are, are called for. The chart that Collar uh, posted in in one of the columns he did last week, I believe, that had the hot zones of when receivers were basically in the middle of the field and how often Cousins targeted them was remarkable how few times he did. He didn't want to throw there. He just didn't want to. But I I honestly think an incredibly important part is your last one. And that is, can your team, in moments of crisis, look you in the eye and say, he's got this. Mm -hmm. It's going to be okay. Because when you look at Kirk and things are going wrong, I go back to, to this and I'm joking, but I'm not. If something goes wrong, you can find Kirk on the bench with his face in the iPad, basically trying to find out what went wrong, and and then sort of going to players and being like, it's going to be fine, it's going to be And then by then you're like, no, it's not. We're screwed. And I know that people are going to say, well, he's just trying to find out what went wrong. But you watch guys, quarterbacks, with that intangible, and the amount of control that they have of the bench and their players is off the charts. I think it's just control of yourself. You hear the story all the time about Joe Montana driving his team down the field for a Super Bowl, and he points to the first row and says, hey, isn't that John Candy? Like, guys who can just stay that cool and that calm under pressure. Dude, Patrick Mahomes stared down double-digit leads and two-score leads in every playoff game that they played this year and laughed at it and went down and scored points at a ridiculous pace. 
Like that that's what you need. And Jimmy Garoppolo, again, I'm not here to beat up on the dude. One full year as a starter, I think he's got a bright future. But Jimmy Garoppolo collapsed. He shrunk in the moment. And we've seen Kirk Cousins shrink in the moment too. Mm-hmm. I think I think I think that storyline is a little bit overplayed and exaggerated, but we have seen it happen. And I think that there is something to be said. There is an intangible that you can't measure on on game tape. You can't look at it in a box score or even analytics. There is an intangible of just of just be of just having that killer instinct and having and being that cold blooded that the big moment doesn't affect you or you even you even stand up to the big moment. You like the big moment every time you see it. Yeah, embrace it. The the one thing that I'll say where this game has evolved and changed too mightily is this one, and it's the reason why you have to find quarterbacks who can do the things that we're talking about here. Look at defenses now. We are we are ten to fifteen years removed from saying, "Oh man, this team's got a good right defensive end, and they're going to be a bear to play." Right, and that's going to make them tough. Think about what we see now from San Francisco, Chicago when they're good, Green Bay this year. We see edge rushers who can both get the job done, and just as importantly, interior pressure. And the problem is, and this to me is where football has taken such an intriguing turn, is. More and more, you're finding guys, the last position that kids want to play, offensive line. It's not sexy. It's not fun, right? So previously, athletes, I think, got dispersed defensive linemen sometimes, O-line sometimes, right? But, Phil, think about this now. For the most part, every one of those really good athletic kids who's probably too big to play a skill position wants to play defensive line, right? Yeah. And so now you're saying to quarterbacks like Kirk Cousins, okay, buddy. Stay away from all this pressure, all of it. Yeah, he, Kirk. This is the this is the hardest part with a guy like Kirk, and and this is this is how the NFL has changed so much in these last ten years. Because ten years ago, who were the mobile quarterbacks ten years ago? Michael Vick coming back to Philadelphia for a year, maybe. You know, there's, there's probably a couple other guys that yeah. you'd look at and say, okay, but the level of mobility among quarterbacks has gone has skyrocketed. In the, and and to your point, offensive line play for a number of different reasons, has kind of decreased. So if you don't have the ability to flush out and avoid a ferocious pass rusher, and think about how many times Pat Mahomes did just that, whether it was running the ball for a first down or flushing out and finding someone open, if if your, if your blueprint starts with, hey, you don't have mobility. So you need to rely on either an offensive line that's a brick wall which, okay, now you're putting more pressure on the front office to nail all five of those offensive line picks, and just so you just need a stone wall of five guys. Or you have to be so quick and precise with your passing and with your scheme. It just, like, the, the advantage that the Houston Texans, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Seattle Seahawks, even the Packers to some extent, because Aaron Rodgers at 36 can still move around a little bit. He's not the same guy he was 10 years ago. The advantage you have when your quarterback can just flush away from a pass rusher is so much greater now. And last night, the, the San Francisco 49ers, taking the blueprint that the Vikings have tried to implement and, and, and implementing it better themselves, the 49ers did everything better than the Chiefs. Everything better than the Chiefs. Blocking, pass rushing, running the football. The Chiefs actually averaged two fewer yards per rush than the Niners did in that game last night. The only thing the Chiefs did better than the 49ers in that game was run Patrick Mahomes out there for the fourth quarter. That's it. The Niners dominated, or at least won, every other facet of that game. Except the Chiefs said, you know what? 
We have an accurate leader who can avoid pressure and who can elevate the level of his play in a key moment, and we get to put that trump card on the table in the last 15 minutes of the game. And they didn't win by three. That's an incredible thing. Like, that should have been a really, really close yeah, they finish. Won, they won by 11 points. That should have been like a three-pointer. <laughs> oh, my goodness, did the Chiefs get lucky. Yeah. They won by 11, yeah. yeah. Dude, the way they score points is just ridiculous. The it, pace at which they it's can It's basketball, score, right? It's crazy. It's cr- yeah. It's like basketball. It it's like what the Warriors did to the sport of basketball. It's what yeah. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are doing yeah. to the sport of football. It's crazy the pace at which they can score. And that dude's not going away. Russell Wilson's not going away. Deshaun Watson, I get that a couple of these guys are in the AFC, but like, what what weapon are you bringing to the battlefield? You have to ask yourself that over the next two months if you're the Vikings. Like, what what do you want to bring to this battlefield that is going to be in play for ten more years? But again, going back to your original point, which is the Vikings need to go out and find that guy, and not necessarily Pat Mahomes, but one of like the, the five guys that I described who lifts everybody up around them and and isn't reliant on how good what. Uh, as good as whatever is surrounding them, mm-hmm. if you're going to keep on going for that guy and you're not going to settle for good enough, you're not going to settle for Kirk Cousins or Teddy Bridgewater or Sam Bradford in in the season that he had here in Minnesota, Like you better be ready to suffer for a while because just playing the odds, two is probably not the dude. Like Just playing the odds of how many guys get drafted with those type that type of hype and those types of expectations... Two is probably not that guy. Now we can discuss two as an individual case and, and you could very easily probably convince me otherwise. But if you're just playing the odds and the numbers game of what the crapshoot is of drafting a quarterback and him being that guy, two is probably not it. You're probably going to swing and miss on Tua. But I'll know, just tell you that right now. But you know what? I'm fine with, with that because guess what? If you, let's say you go into a three year decline, guess what you get three years of? Really high first round picks. Well, actually, here's a well actually. This is this is to validate Rami's point. If you trade for Tua, it becomes a little riskier in that you're probably giving up your next two years of first round picks to get there. So then you would be but, but after ne- after that window but is next closed. Next year you're gonna be fine. Because Cousins you, is gonna start. You're not gonna be bad. It'll be a three year process of feeling out if Tua is the guy or not. Here's so, my question. Do you guys think now after what we saw on Sunday, and to Phil's point, the Vikings want to use or used the blueprint that that San Francisco did. Do you guys think that from a starting point that the Vikings blueprint is now simply just flawed? That, that that's going to get you, I'm not saying it can't get you a division title, it'll get you playoff mm-hmm. berths, but when if we're talking about in the next 10 years or 5 years, a Super Bowl championship, in Egan today, should they sit down and say, gentlemen, our blueprint is simply flawed because of what we've seen? Well, it's this is and this is where, again, it's, what do they want? The Vikings have been around for 60 years. So the question is, what do you want? And you've been mostly formidable for 60 years. You've been one of the one of the best teams to not win a championship, I would I would suspect over at least the 50 years. If you take like their first six or seven years, they were an expansion team and they were and then they figured it out in the late 60s. And I get that it's it's gotta be reassuring and comfortable to know that you're almost always worst case scenario, competitive. Seven and nine in your bad seasons for the most part. So there's got to be something as an owner of a franchise and as a business, you're going to put relevant games out 16 times a year and you're going to be flirting with playoff contention, if not playing playoff games, right? Even with very little chance of winning a Super Bowl. Like there's something appealing about that. But at what point after 60 years as a franchise and coming close and getting beat in the NFC title game once every eight to 10 years, at what point do you say, all right, screw it. Let's, 
Good is not good enough. Great is the goal. Super Bowl is the goal. And to Rami's point about Tua likely not being the guy that you think he is based on the odds, I actually have the odds in front of me. I have I have the numbers in front of me. Of whether Tua is going to be, is this like your Carl Anthony Towns prediction? Is no, this, no, no. This is, is the, this odds that Tua will be the man? No. Well, okay. Kind All of. Right. Kind of. All right. This is, I'm going to take last year's draft off the board because we don't really know yet about, I think we know that Dwayne Haskins probably isn't that guy, but Daniel Jones, Kyler Murray, the jury's out on those guys. So we're going to take that draft off the board. And we're going to go the four drafts before that. First round quarterbacks picked. By my account, Four out of 13 are legit franchise quarterbacks. Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, Pat Mahomes, and Carson Wentz. The others that aren't those four guys. Like, would you guys agree that that Pat Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson are, are all top five quarterbacks right now? Or at least yeah, Wentz in that scares conversation. Because he doesn't stay healthy, but, but Wentz, the other three. Like, like. Wentz was going to win an MVP award yeah. in 2017. He just, mm-hmm. Yeah, it gets hurt. The other guys, so those are the four. And this is over how many years? Four years. The last four years. Of Not, so the, the, well, the, the four years before last year. Okay. I'm, I'm taking Kyler Murray, Daniel Jones, Dwayne Haskins off the board. All right. The other ones are Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, and the jury's still out on some of these guys. Josh Allen, Josh Rosen, Mitch Trubisky, Jared Goff, who people would have said yes a year ago, but not now. Paxton Lynch, Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota. That's a four. If, if, if you agree that Lamar Jackson, Pat Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Carson Wentz are guys that you'd build a franchise around and they do elevate everybody else, then it's a 4-13 in 13 chance based on those first-round quarterbacks that you get the guy that you're looking for. I would roll the You've dice got, with those odds. I think you have to at some point, don't you? Yes. I would roll the dice like with those not, odds. The 30, 25-30% chance. And, 30% chance. And the dance here is it almost has to be through the draft because, again, if you go out and pay huge bucks, and by the way, th- these guys don't become... A, available often. Kirk Cousins is not the the usual case of a starting quarterback hitting the market. If you do it that way in a salary cap league, you're in trouble already. So I think the dance is you've got to find the guy through the draft eventually. And I'm not saying that you you take one every single year, but at some point you got to make a decision here. And I just I think that the stars align that if Tua is healthy the stars align to make this one that would make a ton of sense to pursue. Yeah, let's take one call on this real quick, and we'll get to Tom Pelissero. Jeff's been on hold for a while. Hey, Jeff, what are your thoughts on this? Hi, guys. Sorry, so my my first comment is I'm the, the whole salary cap thing, I'm just sick that pro football has become like college football. Like, you have to just keep recruiting and turning over your roster every four years. I'm 55. I grew up. You start with a team, you end with a team. Put a cap on positions. Say that you can only play this, you can only play this X amount per position or per offense line, whatever. But that's not what I called for. I called for our mobile quarterback is a free agent this year that was the second pick in the draft in 2015. His name is Marcus Mariota. He needs a new coaching system, a consistent offensive scheme, and a new environment. And bring him in. Put him in as a as a in, in in some wildcat crap to get it going, but then see what you got. But that's that's better than mortgaging. Right, Jeff, Jeff's phone's kind of breaking up there, but no. Marcus Mariota. He's... No. Off that list of guys that you just named, you said the jury is still out on a few of these guys. Mm-hmm. I don't think it is. 
And same can be said about Marcus Mariota. If you if you're one of those dudes, if you're a Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Watson or Lamar Jackson or who was the fourth guy out of that group of thirteen, Carson Wentz, you've shown it by now. Not to say not to say that you've reached your maximum potential, but you've shown us by now that you can be that dude or you're on your way to being that dude. The jury's not out. As a Bears fan, I've said I'm not out on Mitchell Trubisky altogether. But that's not to say that I think he can be one of those types of quarterbacks. That he could be in the class of Mahomes and Watson and Lamar Jackson and the rest of the and, and Carson Wentz. That's to say he could be a Kirk Cousins. That's to say he could be one of the middle chunk of twenty guys that we're talking about who is every bit as good as whatever you put around them and every bit as bad as whatever you put around them. And see where I'm comfortable is four and thirteen. So of the thirteen first round quarterbacks in those four drafts, four of them are what you're looking for. Guys that you've just, the elusive franchise stud quarterback. And obviously, if you wind up with Paxton Lynch or Josh Rosen to this point, then you want, then you basically wind up with Christian Ponder. But if you wind up with Sam Darnold or Mitchell Trubisky or Jared Goff on rookie contracts, playoffs. I mean, not the Jets, but the Bears and the Rams had good enough rosters around those rookie contract quarterbacks where they went to the playoffs and in one case went to the Super Bowl. The Rams went to the Super Bowl. And if you wind up with a guy who's making $5 million instead of $27 million and you get to build out the rest of your roster and then you can just say goodbye to that guy before you have to sign into a long-term $30 million contract extension, I'm okay, I'm okay playing that game. And what if it goes bad? Worst case, let's say you win four games one year. Then you line up again and you do it again. Here, Here's my, my philosophy on the Vikings and Wild. Control the descent. Instead of embrace the suck, which sounds really bad, control your descent. <laughs> because, no, because at some point in time, the problem is if you continue to push your salary cap woes down the road, right? At some point in time, you have to pay a price. And when you have to pay that price, you lose control of your descent. So you stink and you can't control it. So at least have your hands on the rail of the potential descent so that you're in control of where your franchise might be at. Yeah. Let's keep this conversation going with Tom Pelissero when we come back to the TCL studios and the Mackie and Judd with Rami here on Score North after we talk about Luther Brookdale Toyota 694 in Brooklyn Boulevard where we're, we're talking about two main things here. The people in the cars are the two biggest reasons why I continue to choose Luther Brookdale Toyota year after year after year. The people are friendly. They're knowledgeable. They explain things very clearly to people like me who aren't really car guys. And they give honest assessments when it comes to service. No BS. Now, the cars, we're talking about some of the most durable and safe vehicles in the world. Toyotas come with state-of-the-art safety features to keep your family and loved ones protected. And also built-in technology that essentially turns your car into a smartphone. Whatever your audio apps are on your phone with that Apple CarPlay and Entune system, you get access to those apps on the, the, the console screen of your vehicle. So it's been... About 19 years since I first took my 1992 Camry into Luther Brookdale Toyota. My family's been going since 1985 or so. 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard and LutherBrookdaleToyota.com, Judd. Thank you, sir. And this gives me an opportunity to talk to you about my friend Jason Walgrave, the Walgrave Real Estate Group, and their guaranteed sales program. And if you are looking to sell your home this spring, Jason and his team are going to guarantee the sale of your home when you list with the Walgrave Real Estate Group. Yes, I'll say it slowly because I said guarantee. Why have a guaranteed offer? Because we got a lot of people in this town saying, I will guarantee the offer. 
Why do that when you can have a guaranteed sale? I mean, we are talking about a lot of people saying the offer, the offer, the offer. No, no, no. Jason's bypassing that. It's not the offer. He is guaranteeing the sale. And now you're saying, well, Judd, that sounds fantastic. How do I find out more? It's this simple. All you need to do is go to jasonsguarantee.com. That's Jason's plural guarantee.com click on the guaranteed sale button to learn how this program works and now is the time to act we all know that there's stress in making a move right decisions to be made conversations to be had it's difficult let jason take some of that pressure off by going with the guaranteed sale program again go to jasonsguarantee.com that's jasonsguarantee.com and click on the guaranteed sale button to learn more jasonsguarantee.com click on the guaranteed sale button you'll be glad you did Shoved deep into us. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Hey, how about those cheese? Andy, this game was tied at 10 apiece, and I said, where are the fireworks? I went inside at halftime. I said, they're going to open this thing up in the second half. You did in the fourth quarter. What major changes did you have to have three straight drives in the fourth quarter and score touchdowns? Hey, Pat Mahomes and all of his boys, our defense, taking care of business, the coaches, man, a great job of keeping things right at the right time. I mean, it was a beautiful thing. I'm going to go get the biggest cheeseburger you've ever seen. Uh, Prime, the biggest one. And uh, might be a double. <laughs> Mackie and Jub with Rami, Score North and the Score North app, and Tom Pelissero, who is out in Miami the last several days taking in the Super Bowl and, and lead-up festivities. It is, I think we all agree that it's just really cool to see Andy Reid, after 20 years as a great regular season coach, finally get that Super Bowl trophy yesterday, Tom. No question. Just when you look at what he's accomplished, um, you know, I, I I won't sit here and say that I know Andy Reid well, but I've I've talked to him many times uh, through the years. Always, you know, treated me with respect and dignity. You know, just a very class individual. You know, when you talk to people who know him, you know, I talked the other day to uh, the Chiefs general manager Brett Veach, who was just talking about you know the stories that exist within that building about him you know, pulling in, you know, the interns or whoever it is and just giving people kind of life advice. You know, the way Beach put it was just like he, he's done everything the right way forever. Uh, obviously, he's won a ton of games, and now, you know, he's by far the coach with the most career victories before winning a Super Bowl, and at the age of 61, uh, he's finally got that title. You said you don't know him you don't know him personally, but I've talked to him over the years. Have you noticed any change in Andy Reid over his years as a head coach? Because it seems like the same guy to me that he was when he was back in Philadelphia when he first got that job. The same guy for sure. And that's one thing that, you know, when you talk to players or whoever about him, they'll they'll say the same thing, which is just he, he preaches to them about consistency and even during the rough stretches of the season, he's a, a very consistent guy. I think that what's really impressive with the evolution of Andy Reid is you, know, you remember he started out on you know, Mike Holmgren staffs in Green Bay, and that was West Coast offense coming from the Bill Walsh tree. Uh, you know, through Philadelphia, he ran that. He certainly adapted to different types of quarterbacks, had success with whether it was Donovan McNabb or Michael Vick. Uh, you know, then it has one bad season. Uh, Eagles aside, things have run their course. He goes to Kansas City and really kind of reinvented the way that he was looking at offense. You know, he hired Brad Childress down there, and Brad's job for a couple of years was basically just to watch college tape and pro tape and steal ideas. Uh, you know, they obviously had success there with Alex Smith and then now with Patrick Mahomes. And you saw some of that 
innovation uh, again yesterday. I mean, that play they run on fourth and one with the uh, the four tops spinning in the backfield there, um, you know, just trying to confuse the defense's alignment. And sure enough, it's a huge conversion in that game. Uh, he was more aggressive uh, in, in that game in terms of, you know, pulling the field goal unit off the field, going forward on fourth down. Uh, you know, he's really taken it in, you know, in, in, incorporated so many elements of the spread offense and RPOs. He's, he's never stopped evolving, and that's what you have to do in the NFL because the game changes. It is cyclical. Uh, things come back, but, you know, you can't just keep running this stuff for 21 years. So the way you have that sustained level of success is that you continue to find new ways to attack, uh, you know, and, and have the same attention to detail, which is something he always harps on with his coaches and his players. Execution, attention to detail. Uh, they obviously were ready to go in that game. And then when the wave came and the 49ers had, you know, a really good stretch of football there through the second and third quarters, uh, you know, down 10 with whatever it was, you know, 10 minutes to play, uh, to put together the finish they did, it was, it's if you were going to draw it up, I'm sure that gives you a little bit of a heart attack at times. But it's it's the way you you know you'd love to think that your team is built to be able to sustain and and survive that 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 negative wave and come back and win the win on the biggest stage. Tom, what's the gene that Mahomes seems to have as well that at a young age he doesn't get flustered. I mean, he can be put. He was put in in a predicament there where we've seen a lot of guys collapse, and he sort of looked and. I don't know that he laughed, but he certainly didn't seem to be thrown off, and he comes back. And, and w- the remarkable thing to me was he then completed a comeback, and you didn't say, I can't believe he did that. You, you said, you know what, I'm not surprised. Well, that's, you know, I think part of that's because he grew up, you know, in it, in professional sports. I actually bumped into his dad, Pat Mahomes, the former Twins pitcher. It was like 8.45 a.m. yesterday. I'm over there to start my five hours of live shots from like the front lawn of the JW Marriott. I saw you. You look good. I appreciate that. I I looked awake, which was the real real miracle there. Uh, And, you know, Pat's dad, Patrick Mahomes' dad is just walking around already wearing a Patrick Mahomes jersey, just, you know, smoking a cigarette and, you know, just kind of wandering around like he didn't know what to do with himself. And so I went up and said hello because we had, you know, we had breakfast with, uh, I had breakfast with him and Patrick's mom and Patrick and his girlfriend back before the draft several years ago. And so, you know, we, we talked a little bit and he was just like, Hey, you know, he's, he's ready to go. It's like, that's all I can tell you. He's ready to go. And that's, you know, what, what his teammates and coaches and everybody else say about him too. That's you know, something when they were scouting him, you know, Patrick Mahomes was fascinating because, you know, everybody can go back and say, how could they draft Mahomes over or, you know, Trubisky over Mahomes and all this. Mahomes was a kind of a divisive character. Nobody doubted the talent with him. It was just a matter of was he going to put the entire thing together? You know, unbelievably talented, can make any throw from any platform, uh, but he played in this wide open offense. And there was a lot of mechanical stuff that uh, you had to clean up. Uh, you know, Veach told me one thing that stood out about him was he was just a competitor at the highest level. You know, Veach told me a story about. You know, he went to a game, I want to say it was Iowa State, uh, and, and they were down like 45-7. to 7. Mahomes had a separated shoulder and went back into the game and wanted to keep playing. And he's like, that's, that's just the kind of thing you saw. You know, same thing happened in, back in October where we all forget Mahomes dislocated his kneecap. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty substantial injury. Uh, and he told Andy Reid after they popped it back into place, I think I can go back in. Reid said no, obviously, and then he missed uh, whatever it was, two, three weeks there. Uh, but comes back and, and plays great football. I mean, that's that's just kind of 
who the guy is, you know, and, and I remember, you know, the whole boomer bust thing coming out in the draft. And I remember bringing that up to Patrick, just saying, you know, people, you know, talk about you as being this guy who could be really good, or you could be the one who, you know, flames out and, you know, Mahomes, and I'm paraphrasing a little bit here, but he, he said to me, I, I'm not worried about the floor. I'm just worried about the ceiling and striving to always get there. Well, he's now a Super Bowl champion, uh, Super Bowl MVP, and NFL MVP, and the guy is like 24 years and 139 days old. I mean, we have never, you know, very rarely seen anything quite like that. This is not just some, you know, fleeting run. You've got to look at him over the next 8, 10, 12, however many years as being somebody along with the Chiefs that you're going to have to reckon with. I mean, uh, Tom Pelissero, NFL Insights here, Tom Pelissero from NFL Network. Does it feel a little, it's a little apples to oranges, but does it feel a little like when we transitioned from Michael Jordan and then a couple of years later LeBron James, because we, we have the greatest of all time, and then somebody else comes along and does it totally differently but is also then later on regarded as maybe the greatest of all time. Stylistically, Tom Brady, Pat Mahomes, very different. Mobility for one, uh, not so much for the other. But it kind of it kind of feels like we might be going from one guy regarded as the greatest of all time, and maybe we're watching the next one, Tom. Well, and what makes Tom Brady special is the the sustained level of success. You know, he won three championships in his first four years. Uh, you know, being the starting quarterback for the Patriots, then had a decade long drought where they, of course, had year in and year out success outside the year that Brady hurt his knee, and they still won 11 games. But, um, you know, and then he came back and won several titles at the end of his career. There's, there's a long way to go with Patrick Mahomes to be put into that air. But I do think there's something to be said. You use the NBA analogy. In the NBA, and, of course, you know, LeBron's kind of a singular superstar, but you always felt like there were waves of those players, you know, between Magic and Bird, and they kind of gave way, even though Jordan wasn't that far behind them. But then it felt like it went from being their league to be in Michael Jordan's league, you know, and then went from being Michael Jordan's league to a degree, you know, Shaq and Kobe's league. And then eventually it became uh, LeBron's league uh, relatively quickly. And now you've got an entirely new, um, you know, wave of superstars that are, are coming in now and are, you know, obviously playing at a, a really high level. I think that you see that right now with the quarterbacks, because for a long time, it was not just Brady, you know, before, before, Brady came and won three titles in the twilight of his career. We were talking about Brady and Manning. I mean, that was kind of the group. Of course, you have Drew Brees, who's had a really high level of of sustained success as well. Um, You know, and then they kind of were the guys who had taken over from that crop of quarterbacks that you had in the 80s, whether it was, you know, Phil Simms on down. I mean, you know, really good players uh, for a long time. You know, the Hall of Famers. Uh, Now you've got this next group where, you know, Patrick Mahomes certainly looks like he's here to stay. Lamar Jackson from year one to year two showed a lot of growth. You know, will he's got to continue to develop as a passer. If he does that, then he's a pretty unique playmaker who, you know, has a chance to be good for a while. Deshaun Watson uh, is in that category as well. Uh, and there's a whole lot of other quarterbacks. I mean, all the young guys, Josh Allen had his team in the, the postseason this year. It's a, it's a quarterback-driven league, just like the NBA is a superstar-driven league. And as long as you have those compelling quarterbacks – you're going to have a compelling product. And yesterday, uh, the better quarterback and the better team came out victorious. Is this a dangerous thing, though, Tom? Because now every team, and my co-host Phil Mackey is sitting here today saying, you got to go and find the next Patrick Mahomes. That's how you win a Super Bowl. The next Patrick Mahomes is probably not out there for the next 10 years. Like Quarterbacks like this guy are once a generation, or am I exaggerating? 
Well, I think there's a, you know, a bunch of different quarterbacks who win different ways. I think that Mahomes is unique in that he can make, you know, a throw with zero pocket off balance, you know, hitting Sammy Watkins down the field or absorbing the hit on the other throw to Watkins. It was huge in that game. And you can also run speed option with them, you know, on a, whatever that was, a fourth and one, I think it was. Um, you know, he can beat you with his legs. He doesn't, he doesn't move like Lamar, but he's a, you know, a bigger guy than Lamar. He can make things happen. He extend plays. Uh, and he can just throw the football better than maybe anybody on the planet. I think that, you know, yeah, you're never going to, you know, find people who are kind of cut from the same cloth, but you just see how he can, you know, elevate people around him. And he's got some good players on that team. Let's, let's not mistake that either. They've got a ton of speed. And Tyreek Hill didn't have the biggest game of his career, uh, yesterday. You know, there were stretches. I know he goes over a hundred yards, but there were stretches where you felt like Tyreek wasn't really involved in the game. Uh, you know, Travis Kelsey didn't have a, you know, a massive game, but made a play when they needed him to. Damian Williams down the stretch made a couple plays when they needed him to. He, he's got some weapons there, but it all starts with, uh, the quarterback. And, and yesterday, even though Mahomes, you know, he makes, he makes some, some mistakes. You know, that interception in the middle of the field to Fred Warner was a, that felt like that was, oh, you know, the 49ers are about to take over this game. And then the ball that's behind Tyreek Hill that turns into another interception. I mean, they, they threw, those were consecutive possessions, two straight turnovers, and then they go down and score three touchdowns in a row. To, to get back to the makeup point, you know, that's, that's one thing the players just talk about is, you know, he's, he's, he is unique in that regard, what he's able to do, uh, you know, in terms of just staying the course, continuing to play. Uh, you know, he's got that temperament like a kid playing where, okay, I threw an interception, no big deal. I'm going to come back and, and make another play. You know, he's always got that look on his face like that smirk. That's just kind of how he looks all the time, and that's kind of who he is. Reckless speculation. All right, sir, last question. And this topic seems to be gaining momentum here, so I'm curious what type of weight you think it holds. Odds that Stefan Diggs is traded, because we're now getting more credible, certainly, reporters speculating about this. And I don't know if there's friction or what, but do you think that there is a chance the Vikings shop and or trade Stefan Diggs in the coming months? I mean, I haven't. You'd have to update me since I've been flying. I've not seen a credible. Not today. Krasinski had a digs being traded. Krasinski about a, a week ago had, had a piece that sort of laid out the particulars of what might take place. And I, I believe it was uh, Andrew Kramer, the Star Tribune, went on with Collar on Friday's Purple Daily Show and said that he would not be surprised one bit if Stefan Diggs is traded. And so I just, I don't know if there, there's been a falling out here or what. I, I know it's always sort of seemed a little bit weird at times between the team and the player. I just want to know if you think there's a chance that this could gain momentum or some real steam. Well, here's what you have to understand is the Vikings have a lot of decisions to make through the course of this offseason. They've got, I want to say it's over $211 million in salary cap commitments, uh, which means that they're going to have to make some cuts. Um, you know, and then you're trying to find that balance between do you keep, you know, where do you invest that money? Mike Zimmer is always going to want to keep as much of the defensive court together as possible. I certainly think you can make the argument based on uh, what happened last season that there are some parts of that defensive core that probably need to be changed out. You can get younger, faster, cheaper at certain spots. Um, but if you do want to retain some of those players, then you know staring at a $14.5 million cap number for Stephon Diggs next year, um, you, know, you can make an argument that's one spot that you could potentially free up some money. Having said that, uh, you know just based upon um, – 
you know, the way that that offense functions when Diggs is, I mean, Diggs had a, a remarkable stretch, you know, in, uh, in December. Adam Thielen was missing time with his hamstring. Diggs had some huge games. I know that there was obviously some stuff that happened back in September. Um, Diggs can be up and down, you know, from an emotional standpoint. Um, you have to you have to look at this as part of the entire roster. I think that's that that's the point I'm getting at. I have not heard specifically that they have had trade talks with anyone. Uh, so in in spite of the reckless reckless speculation sounder that I know you teed me up with there, I, I can't really speculate on at this point. I would just say. There's a lot of different moving parts that are all interconnected when you're talking about setting up your roster, your salary cap, and, and everything else going forward. Football. That Thank you. is Tom Pelissero from NFL Network, and you can find him every single Monday here. Even We're going to even do some stuff here in February as we lead up to the official free agency period. So, Tom, uh, it's been a super fun season, and like you said, a lot to be discussed regarding the Vikings here in the coming weeks. We'll talk again soon. And that just reminded me I never replied to your email the other day, so I'll get back to you on that. We'll record soon. Can't wait. Another episode of Rewind coming up. If you missed the 2010 Vikings the train wreck episode, back check it out. Yep. Who's we've playing in, bass? Well, we've invited ourselves to Tom's basement again. At least, at least, at least, again, at least Phil has. At least I have. Yeah. yeah. Who's playing bass? Who's uh, playing you drums? You look like a bass guy. No. Tom, Tom can play I'm a saxophone. Drummer. I'm definitely a drummer, dude. <laughs> right. I'm Ringo. Bye, Tom. See ya. Bye. Tom Pelissero. You emailed Tom Pelissero Super Bowl week and expected him to get back to you? On Friday night. What do you think? You know, he, you know, you're not getting a response. Oh wait, who said I expected him to get back? Here's to me part instantly. of the thing. Here's part of the thing with Tom. Getting Tom to tolerate you is o- almost the most fun possible. So doing something like that is great because then he like you can see him rolling his eyes, but then he'll you know respond eventually. So yeah, I mean, I mean, it's fine. Tom is is now to the level of reporter that he's not going to deal in reckless speculation. He's going to deal in facts. But I'm sure as so the weeks go by, we're going to get more on this stuff on. There's stuff going on here. It is a little bit weird the way that this the, the way that that whole thing happened in September and then just went away magically. Well, that's not how those things work. And Krasinski and Kramer are credible for sure. Like they're not just going to throw it out if they're like, ah, oh, this might happen. They're, right. they're credible enough to they talk to people. I'm not saying that this means it's going to happen, but something's afoot. How about that? Yeah, and I think if you're the Vikings, you got to be careful about getting rid of some of these really good skill position players. But mm-hmm. at the same time, guess what? Skill position players that make $14 million a year, which, by the way, Dalvin Cook is going to be in line for something close to that, too. Those yeah, aren't the exactly. things that win you Super Bowls. Yeah, exactly. Line play, quarterback, those are the things that win you Super Bowls. I feel like when you talk about skill position players, and I'm not as as up on the draft as some in this business are, but... You don't. You didn't hear about a lot of these guys who are skill position players for the Chiefs coming out of college necessarily. I don't think a ton of them were first or even second round picks. They seem to look for traits, and the number one the tra- Niners too, dude. The number one trait that they look for is just speed. Mm-hmm. Like, can you just outrun the guy in front of you? Because if you can, Patrick Mahomes will throw it as far as he can throw it, and you just run under it. Like, I know I'm simplifying things here, no, but right. that is a lot of what their offense is based yeah. on. Just ridiculously fast guys and a guy under center with an arm like no other. Look at Richard Sherman trying to cover Sammy Watkins yesterday, yep. too. Yeah. You know, Richard Sherman and Troy Aikman did a great job of pointing out, boy, this is, I know that Richard Sherman's a Hall of Famer, but this is a mismatch. And he got torched. And Sammy Watkins is not even one of their, is it fair to say that Sammy Watkins is fast, but Sammy Watkins might not even be 
one of their two fastest wide receivers. No, he's not. That's the crazy thing. He's not. And Debo from San Francisco? Yeah. That kid has speed to burn as well. Yeah. No, they're, you know what this comes down to? Again, we learned the lesson. You can find receivers and you can find running backs. You can. I'm sorry, Damian, but you can just Damian find you can Williams, find man. them. Best player on the field are yesterday you, are, next to Pat Mahomes. Are you really going to eat up 14 13 to 14 million dollars of your cap room there? Yeah. If someone told you I can't do that. Hey, you'll say goodbye to Dalvin Cook and stuff on Diggs, but the trade-off will be your line play will be a lot better. Yeah, sorry, I got to do I that. I would strongly consider that. For sure. Even without talking about the quarterback stuff. And and how about this? I'll also find you a receiver who is a flat-out burner who can catch the football. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. I take that. A lot of Vikings discussions to be had here over the next few weeks. We will wrap with Ricey in about 20 minutes from now, and we have to get into commercials and halftime and non-game-related thoughts from yesterday's And I think you need to... Tell Judd and Jonathan what was on your Super Bowl spread, and I'm putting air quotes around that. Phil's Super Bowl spread. Listen, that's awfully condescending. After okay. what I laid out for you, well, guys, did you have a spread he, really, or just yes, some food? No, 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 he had. He, put, had, oh, he, no. he had what See, he, this is what just, he's calling a spread. What do you mean? What, 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 you right. Sometimes just say, you know what? I threw out some food. No, and like, by that I, just I was stuck ex- on the I was excited to bring this to Rami earlier today and say, listen, I I want the master's approval. Did I do this right? Would you do that? Why? why? Well, let's just say. Just he, leave the day to Rami. Let's just say he didn't get approval. Okay. Football. Leave the day to him to get fat and just accept that your spread sucked. <laughs> we'll lay it out next. Mackie and Jeb with Rami. Listen, I, Rami and I are gonna we're gonna butt heads here. But before before we butt heads on a couple things, let's talk about retirement. Okay, let's talk about Tondrick Wealth Management. Tondrick Wealth Management is here to help you make sure that you are making the right moves and you're doing the right things to be able to call your shots and dictate what your life looks like in retirement. There are so many things you can and should be doing, whether you're 30 years old or 50 years old or 60 years old. Dale's life's work is literally helping people save and stockpile money for retirement. And so if you're if you're unsure or if you just want to make sure that you have the right game plan and the right blueprint, call Dale today. Tell him Phil Mackey sent you over to his phone line here, 952-401-1671, 952-401-1671. You'll get a face-to-face relationship with someone who spends his life thinking about this stuff. The number again is 952-401-1671 or go to his website, myinvestingcoach.com and start preparing your playbook for retirement. Jonathan here with the Score North download. We'll get you back to Mackie and Judd with Rami in just a second. But first, join Minnesota United FC for their third annual boot soccer tournament this year on the Great Lawn over at Allianz Field this Sunday, February 9th. For more details or to register your team, visit scorenorth.com, keyword boot. The NBA trade deadline is approaching this week, this Thursday at 2 p.m. If you're wondering, and one of the latest rumors is this from the New York Times' Mark Stein, that the Wolves are seeking two first-round picks in exchange for Robert Covington. Philly and Houston are reportedly at the front of the line trying to get Covington, who's averaging 12.8 points and 5.9 rebounds in 47 games this year for the 15-33 and 33 Wolves this season. I'm sure we'll hear more rumors as we approach the deadline, and we'll definitely ask Doogie all about them tomorrow when he joins the boys for his weekly scoop session right here on Mackie and Judd with Rami. You can also join Score North's Rami Maklov and Team KSTP at this year's JDRF One Walk to create a world without type 1 diabetes this Saturday 
February 22nd. Join our team or donate to a team. Donate to Team KSDP at scorenorth.com, keyword JDRF. That's been your Score North download. Now back to Mackie and Judith Rami. All right, welcome back to the show. We'll wrap with Royce in about eight or ten minutes from now. And we can talk all kinds of different Super Bowl-related things with him. But Rami put me to shame earlier today. He shamed me for my Super Bowls. I kicked him out of the studio, Judd. I don't understand. That's how bad it was. I kicked him out of the studio. After we heard what your sped was going to be on Friday. And saw it. Via Twitter, oh, sure, Rami yeah. is tweeting on Sunday, but, by the way. But why would you even try to do a spread at that point? I mean, do it, but don't don't come on the air talking like you did something to even to even be in the same conversation as that. Listen, to, that to is even be not in the at same, all to, the to tone. To even be in the same book as that. Forget same sentence, same book. So what were you thinking? As you know, what I did. This, is, this was all about me bowing down to the master of Super Bowl spreads. Right. Okay, and saying, "Hey, I want to walk the same path that you walked someday." But this was my first foray saying, into a Super Bowl spread. I'm not even saying that you were trying to compete with me, but I don't know why you would even bring this up. I don't know Sounds why like you were trying to learn from a Jedi Master, and that Jedi Master went all Sith on him and just slashed. That's him down. exactly what happened. <laughs> he cut me in half with his lightsaber. Sounds like he went. Sometimes a brutal assessment is exactly what, what somebody needs. All right, Jonathan? What's going on on today's show? What Ran, do you Randy, just mad Randy calls everyone. with his stud stable, and Rami shoots him down across no, the, anybody down. the stud stable. Rami's then upset Phil, because... Phil tries to match the spread yeah. yesterday. Man, no, I didn't try to match what? the spread. He just wanted Tell, some approval. First of all. Guys, do you know the most important thing in sports? Know your role. Rami's just upset from know Friday. Know your role. I'm not upset about anything. I'm just telling Phil, like, this isn't, I don't think this is something you go you go crowing about. Tell him what was on your spread. The spread was amazing. Amazing. He said amazing. He's not All trying right. to compete with you. And I'm All telling right. you, I can't give approval unless it's deserved. I should beg skate you guys. All right, we started off with a little Cajun dry rub pull-apart wings in the air fryer. Great. Now, that I had no problem with. That I had no problem with. You see, he's reversed the order in which he told it on Score North Live. Yeah, this is amazing. Uh, Cajun dry rub, that sounds great. That sounds great. Crispy on the outside, tender on the inside. Yummy. Amazing. Yeah. Rami sounds awful judgmental. Just wait, Jonathan. Some homemade sweet potato fries, also in the air fryer, with sea salt, garlic, and cracked pepper. Okay. Yeah. Mm hmm. I'm, I'm on board so far. Yeah, exactly, you are. Sounds yeah. Good. Okay. I mean, it's a good spread. Okay. All, right. all right. I mean, all right. All right. Some stuffed mushrooms with crab meat, now cheese, and out. breadcrumbs. I can't do mushrooms. mushrooms. Oh, I'm not on mushrooms. I like mushrooms. I'm not on mushrooms. I'm three for three, Judd. Is that what you would say? I would have, I'd eat the food. I'm Two just surprised. Three. Yeah, I'm just yeah. surprised at the little uh, little salmon spread with some almond flour crackers. Now, almond flour crackers is where he was. He he got kicked out of the TCL. Sea broadcast salt studio. almond flour crackers. What? Almond flour crackers on Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, right? they're uh, they're a little bit healthier. You, almond, you don't come with an almond flour cracker on Super Bowl Sunday. They're less processed and fewer carbs than regular crackers. There's nothing wrong with flour flour. There's nothing wrong with flour within within with my in my, within moderation. Trying to keep a physique. You don't need yeah. this almond flour stuff. All these different flours that have come show out. You're on? Just unnecessary. Just totally unnecessary. And that was the one that really set me off and made you made me kick you out of the studio. And some uh, some parmesan some parmesan asparagus. What's asparagus even doing on your spread? It's Super Bowl Sunday. What are you doing healthy? Thank you. See now you're on my side. Well, well not perhaps his wife wanted to I'm be giving healthy. him credit for the first two. I'm a big asparagus guy, so... Almond flour crackers, Judd? That sounds like Judd. You're not offended by this? You're not offended by the notion of an almond flour cracker on a Super Bowl spread? Live and let live, man. 
Live and let live. Exactly. Who are you? Yeah. We're the guys who like ketchup on our hot dogs. I'm a guy who will eat fat stuff or non-fat stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Don't discriminate against food. Crazy. Yeah. So I was just looking for a little approval there. But I mean, I saw, I did see your your um, oh, tweets, your pictures. Oh, it looked boy. great. Oh man, I was on my couch. The steak tacos were just. On point, man. So oh. you, the gal, Declan, is that right? That's, that's all that was there. So and the gal was. So little, she did stick around. She, yeah, she did. She was she was under the weather, so she barely ate. It was just me and Declan. And man, did we do some damage? I'm shocked she stayed around. I told Declan Friday. I told Declan today on Score North Live weekdays noon to two on Score North. You can go back and listen to it on the totally free Score North app. I was as impressed with his performance as anybody last night. For a kid as rail thin as he is to come in. And hang with me on that Super Bowl spread. And he went course for course with me, did not back down. Actually, Declan might have, he might have eaten more than I did yesterday. I think he went back for seconds and thirds of every course except for the tacos and the brownies. Declan. Put it all out there. Was, was, was last night his 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 Kobe farewell sixty I mean, point game? If I don't, I haven't had that many meals with the dude, but that that that's got to be up there with his all time performances. He didn't gain a pound, <laughs> no, he didn't. and that's <laughs> why I hate him. Because <laughs> he didn't gain a pound. My girlfriend said today, she goes, "Can you ask Declan what size his jeans are?" <laughs> <laughs> she said, I've never seen a grown man that slight like that. He, the, it, it is pretty ridiculous how how skinny that kid really is. Did we get an answer? Does it start with a two? Is it in the 20s? Is he still in the building? Is Declan in the no, building? No, he left a little while left? ago. All right. Hold on a second. I'll, I'll text, if, him, text ask him. him. If what his, size if his, his jeans are. If his jean waist, waist width is in the 20s, uh, we're you all You guys want to take a guess? I bet it's in the 20s. Should we all take a guess I bet before he tw- answers? Well, there's no it's way a 28. I bet it's a 28. Yeah, I think 28 is the over-under here. I think he's a 28. When's the last time you guys were size 28 waist jeans? Junior high. Maybe. I was going to yeah. say more like third grade. <laughs> probably when I was, that is not a rip on Declan. It's a probably when I was myself. three years old. Yeah. <laughs> full rip on myself. Um, okay, real quick, before we wrap with Roycey, are you guys... R- R- Rami and I had this out earlier. I thought the commercials were great. I thought there was like six or seven really good commercials. This one included. Oh, look at this guy. Hey, Rachel, how are you? Hey, good. How are you? <laughs> He's not getting that car in there. No, sir. Look at these two troublemakers. Hey, Johnny, how are you? Wicked car. Is that new? Yeah, it's a Sonata. Let me pack it. Oh, you're not fitting your car in there. Chris, stop being a smarty guy. Right? <laughs> the, sm- <laughs> the smart pack. The smart pack. The Hyundai Sonata. I like that one, too. But there's much great ads, and I love the halftime show. I'm sorry. Well, I, I, how I, offended are people by it? Offended by what? No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not saying I was. I'm saying I saw a lot, and I've continued to see a lot more today about a lot of parents felt their kids they couldn't watch it or what they were offended by it. But like, as I'm not a parent, to, so it didn't. I didn't. I don't care. As opposed to like the fifteen thousand other things you can be offended I, by I'm, in any given day on the internet and I'm social media. I'm not debating it. I'm just saying that was the interesting thing that I saw. A lot of people were like, "This is very offensive. My kids shouldn't have watched this, or also, they can't watch this." I don't know. Like you didn't, you didn't expect some booty shaking from J Lo and Shakira. That's the brand, man. That's their signature World. move is shaking that thing. You, if you, if you didn't want to see that, or you didn't want your kids to see that, you change it before it starts. You should have one hundred expect one hundred percent expected butts shaking, scantily clad. Lots of skin, and maybe even you probably should have expected a stripper pole at some point 
in the halftime show. These were all things. Miami. It's Miami. It's J-Lo. It's Shakira. That's their artistic expression. And God bless them for it. I'll bet you guys a hundred bucks that next year is somebody like, Welcome back, Sir <laughs> Paul McCartney. Ario <laughs> Speedwagon. Well, she was just 17, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I'm totally dressed right now. Something like that. Uh Royce, have you ever seen Mormon, a have you ever seen a fifty year old move like that? <laughs> Mormon Tabernacle Choir next year. Please welcome up with people <laughs> after a thirty four year absence. We're going to bring back, back seventy five year old members of the up with people. It'll be great. I did not watch the halftime show. I was in transit, and I never watched it anyway. But. Uh, I, I'm certainly regretting that I didn't watch it. Uh, I knew I made a mistake when I saw Kenny Olson's tweet that he had to take a nitroglycerin tablet to keep his heart palpitations from uh, from uh, causing his chest to burst. So, uh, so I must have missed it. I, I'm sure a lot of you know, ninety percent of the people's reaction was, "Boy, that J Lo was pretty good for a fifty year old." So no wonder. You know, I don't know how she got stuck with that complete fraud, a rod. But uh, good for her. I mean, she's know, kind of a fraud big. too, though. I mean, she's—they're both pretty much made for each other. I think. I think they're doing pretty yeah, well with each be, other. But I think she does. I, I, I don't know her well enough to, uh, you know, have not uh, to. Uh, I, I haven't followed her career well enough to know. Uh, but I've followed him, and he's a—he's a complete fraud. But boy. <laughs> Anyone who thinks there's no uh, no redemption in this country, look at him. <laughs> He's the worst steroid user we've ever had, the most devious of the ball. And, yeah, that's okay. He's got reality shows now. And you don't even have to be good I at your job because he's a terrible announcer, and people still oh, love him for some reason. Like, because I don't, I don't think he's interested, really. Do you? I think he just shows up, and they tell him who's in the lineup, and he starts. Nothing will top the one last year when he was trying to do the. Uh, you always want to be behind by an even number of runs <laughs> instead of an odd number of runs. <laughs> Wasn't that it? Wasn't that it? So yeah, no, I think it was. Like, you want to be. You want to be leading by either two or four, so that a grand slam can't beat oh, you. Yeah, or a grand slam, or a two. I don't know what's a two. Yeah, right. that was it. A grand slam can't beat you. Whatever it is. Anyway, I got a, I got something to say. I was thinking about this today. You know what? Really, really, and this is probably not enlightenment, but I, the more I think about Mahomes, the greatest thing about great athletes, they never quit. <laughs> they never give up. They never say this one's over. And it, it's so easy for a lot of guys like, uh, you know, to just start pouting when they're, uh, you know, they're, they're 10 down, their defense can't stop anybody, and they're, they're, they've thrown two straight interceptions. That guy, that kid wouldn't quit. He's Tiger Woods of football already, man. He's the 23-year-old, 24-year-old Tiger Woods who, when he was five strokes behind and, you know, going into the 17th hole on, on Saturday, he still thought he was going to win the tournament. In this case, this kid's the same one. So what What exactly do, do you think to – drives this kid as far as Patrick just the the mentality to me it's Favre like but I don't know if he's smarter or what but he's got that next because you know Favre Favre would laugh about being down by 10 but then half the time he'd drill the ball right into an opposing player and get picked off or something this kid's got like that next step 
I think he grew up being better at everything than the kids, than the, everybody he competed against. I, I think he, I think he doesn't, he isn't arrogant about it, but I think within himself, he's arrogant to know that, hey, I'm better than those guys. I can beat those guys. And he, he doesn't, I don't think he has to convince himself of that, you know. I mean, a lot of guys try to develop that attitude, but with him, I think it's, it's there. He's, uh, you know, I'm better than these guys, and I'll figure something out. Just hang in there. I'm, I haven't played great so far, but uh, let's go. He's something. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh... It's, I, I really think we're watching the handoff from Michael Jordan to LeBron James, the, the, the NFL's version of it. it. Stylistically and everything, just Tom Brady to Pat Mahomes, we're basically going to get 40 years or 30 or 35 years of, of, the, of the two guys who will debate you know, which one's better than which. Yet, yet 100%, 180 degrees different as athletes. One thing is great because he could step up in the pocket. This other guy, the other guy's great because he don't need a pocket. He can, he can throw it from anywhere, any angle, any place. And, uh, you know, he's a great athlete and he can run for a first down when he has to. Brady just did it by stepping away from people and doing the most accurate 12 yard passes of all time. And even if a guy was covered, like Edelman was always covered, he still threw it to him. So. And got it there for him to catch, but different guys. But yeah, I think their attitude is similar, and the and the fact that they're just you know brimming with confidence at all times, but certainly completely different athletes. That's for sure. Did you think he was the MVP of that game, Pat? I don't get caught up in debating it, but if you asked me, I, w- I would I would have given it to the running back. You know, he could have. I think you made a very good point. Certainly for the betters, the running back was the. Uh, was the uh, winner because the over and under on him was 53 yards in one of the prop bets. So, he, and I think that was like one of the most popular bets. People were betting him to go over on that, so he was popular with that. But uh, the the you know, I mean, this this guy is as Jet said earlier today. You know, you can find running backs everywhere, but the toughness. This, this kid's got the same toughness as the kid from San Francisco mustard, and he's got more speed. But why uh, Why did uh, mustard not hit the field till the second quarter? I wonder I wonder what that was about. He, he, he played Tevin. They ran a couple first, first quarter. trick plays, too. Which actually worked. But... Oh, I love Man, I love that wide receiver. <laughs> that big monster rookie, Samuel. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And alive, what happened to him the second half? They must have had somebody chasing him everywhere on the field because he didn't do anything. But man, is he good! Well, how Pat in general? How rippable is is Kyle Shanahan? Not at all. I don't think. I mean, a little bit, but I I I think his decision at the end of the first half that everybody's. I mean, that's the most logical thing I've seen because uh, you're going to get the ball on the twelve yard line and let Garoppolo try to do something in a hurry. I ain't doing that. Because I was, I was saying earlier today, if you watch the Houston game when they're behind 24 to nothing, and all of a sudden they're 24 to 21, and you punt the ball to them with what, 50 seconds to go or something, and you think, well, okay, maybe they can get a field goal, and he goes down, gets you a touchdown, boom, and all of a sudden you got no chance to win that game, you're dead, uh, and he thinks he had his. 
okay, we're going to come out. We're going to get the ball. If we, if we, the only way we can be in trouble here is if we turn it over. If our boy Jimmy turns it over down here, and then they score to the stand. Because what Shanahan planned came through. They came out and went right down the field with the second half kickoff, right? To take a 17-10 lead. They went right down the field. And uh, whatever they planned, whatever they cooked up, was great. I, I think the fact that people, I, I, I think they're stupid when they're questioning running out the clock and yeah. that. Uh, Pat, we're we're losing your connection a little bit, but we only got a couple minutes left, so we'll tell people Royce Young baseball, and you guys dive into Super Bowl stuff here in about ten minutes on Score North, and we'll catch you on Wednesday. All right, all right, gentlemen, goodbye. Right, see, you. see you, Pat. That's uh, wrapping with Unchained Royce tomorrow here. at uh, six o'clock too. Right? right on. Yeah, you can find Pat six o'clock on Mondays and Tuesdays, and Royce Unchained anywhere you find. Podcasts. I got to throw up a stop sign right now because I saw what happened. I oh, saw I what get, happened. I get yeah, that. Let's, let's go to our good question. No, good point. That. Standings. I thought it was a great question only. I think it's a good question or a good point. Good, I thought it's we a good question this. or good point. Yeah. So you. So when if the person established that. Yeah. Exactly. I feel like I, I thought was we did out. establish that. No. I thought it was always a good question. That's a great question. Good question. Because after consulting replay, I don't think that play stands. Well, for, he Pat did say I good. Like hater, Pat dude. did say like good it. point to Rami. He said you made a good point. He, he didn't say you got good question. Yeah, I, I move. Can to, we go to the tape? I move to. No, no, no. No one's debating the tape. No, but I want. No, he to, said, he good, said point. good point. Oh, I know, but I but I want to hear how the the uh, contextualized again. I don't think there needs to be context. He Pat thought Rami made a good point. I and, the, and the debate is whether in our good point, good question standings, yep. whether Rami deserves I, I a point. Like see the goal. Again. Which, by the way, I'm leading right now on the season. Here we go. Did you think he was the MVP of that game, Pat? I don't get caught up in debating it, but if you asked me, I, w- I would I would have given it to the running back. You know, he could have. I think you made a very good point. Certainly for the Browns. Yeah. Good point. Dude, he I, has a very good point. Know. He even put very feel, on the front of that. I feel that. It, and by the way, it goes I disagree agree. with Pat. I don't think it was that great of a point, but he said it. I, don't I think I get the point. Take the hit. Point. I always remembered us. It was a good question. I think I'm hurt because I was left out of the decision on how we got to this. I, I think I'm just I don't hurt. remember it happening. No, I think I Is think email thread? if there's any ambiguity, I oh, move, I move to make good question and good point all, right, okay. all under the same umbrella. Okay. It's very good a key or just good Listen, point? the whole goal of this is we're trying to be validated as professional okay. broadcasters. Exactly. I have another have question on the phone. Judd, my ego needs this. I have another question then. Oh, so your ego's fine, but <laughs> Max's ego isn't okay when it comes to wanting validation for his food spread? I see how this is. <laughs> he Hold needed, on a second. He wait, 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 wait. blunt honesty there, all right? <laughs> Can we lead um, subjects now into a question <laughs> this way? Listen, you know, Tom, I just really... Here's my point, and then I make my point and say, "Do you think that's a good point?" If Tom no, says no, if Tom if Tom says or any guest that's says yes babies. or no, you might as well be banging on trash cans. Yeah. If that's what we're doing. Or sending us to the brew hall. <laughs> you know what? It sounds like a good lawyer tactic to me. Can I get through, if, or can I not? If if the subject responds verbatim with. That's a good point. Okay. Or that's a good question. So I can say my point my point is blah blah blah. There's no leading and the witness. There's no leading the witness like to say, be, Do you think I have a good point here? But and if I say my point to, is asking them to agree but, with But if you. I say my point is and then they come back with that's a good point, I get the you're point. You're good. Then okay. you're good. So I could sort of lead the witnesses. 
Well, you can. But, but, right. but this Rami, week, I'm going to try. Rami made his point. Yep. No, I know. And Pat said that's a good point. I'm, I'm just, just getting in the box and swinging. Jed, I'm not telegraphing messages. All right, I'm not banging on trash cans. You'll find no electric devices. This is just me asking good questions and making good points because I'm good. <laughs> Simply because I'm good. Right, I think and Jonathan the, just pulled more sound. From and that. the standings, I lead you guys two to one to one now. Rami's on the board for the first time and you're, this season. And that's good. And Phil's yeah. Phil's last point was really, really lame. That the, was the, when the, Sage, the Teddy Bridgewater one? That was when Sage. I asked, I asked Sage. Buying Rosenberg, time. Buying time said, I said, I said to Sage, where do you think Teddy Bridgewater plays next year? And he goes, that's a good question. It is a good question. Who hasn't asked that question? <laughs> find our podcast anywhere you find podcasts. Apple, Spotify, or the Score North app. Mackie and Jeb with Rami.